Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing through the book of Luke. And we are in Luke chapter 8, and we have now come to verses 16 through 18, which makes up our pericope that we're going to study today. So let me read it to you. Luke 8, 16 through 18. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. I want to talk to you on this subject, listening to our Lord's lecture on light. Listening to our Lord's lecture on light. The scripture is filled with metaphorical references to light and darkness. We know that in general these terms refer to what? Good and evil. Light represents good. Darkness represents evil. Um, Those who are saved in Scripture are called the children of the light. Those who are lost are called the children of darkness. Uh, Jesus is called the light of the world. The Word of God is referred to as a Light. Thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. The devil and his powers are referred to as what? The rulers of darkness in Ephesians chapter 6. So all this being considered, Jesus in our text today offers a lecture on light. Or we could say this way, the light lectures on light. Now what exactly is he referring to? And that's what we want to talk about. As we read our Lord's Lecture on Light, we must ask ourselves one question. What does Christ desire us to take from this passage? What is Christ trying to communicate to the church? A good friend of mine who pastors a church not far from me, about an hour, told me that he always asked himself, why is this passage in the Bible? So as we're listening to and hopefully learning from the Lord's Lecture on Light, what are we supposed to come away with? Well, I believe there's three things in these three verses that we can take from the verses. Not just three things I made up, but three things that can be considered from the truth that God gives us in these three verses. First of all, the Lord desires that we let our light shine. The Lord desires that we let our light shine. Second, the Lord desires... That we live in light of his looming judgment. That we live in light or in consideration of, but we're staying with the word light, of his looming judgment. Because in verse 17, his judgment is seen as a light that will reveal that which has been concealed. And then finally... And I believe this third point is not necessarily a separate point, but a catch-all, a statement made in reference to this passage, and I would even say the passage before that. Jesus tells us to be careful how we listen. So I believe the third thing is the Lord desires that we listen carefully to what he says. Not just in this passage, but that's a general statement Jesus is making because over and over throughout all the Gospels, We hear Jesus make statements such as, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Take heed how you 
listen, how you hear. We see that over and over and over. In fact, in our next passage, next week, we'll see that Jesus even says those who are of his family are those who hear the word of God and do it. So that's a statement Jesus makes over and over. Now, let's deal with this first one. Verse 16, simple as it gets. The Lord desires that we let our light shine. Our Lord begins his lecture by stating, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lamp stand that those who enter may see the light. The lamp Jesus is referring to was a small pot with one side pinched so that you could insert a wick, fill the pot with oil, and that oil would burn a uh, dim light. It was not very bright. Uh, these were uh, not LED lamps. <laughs> this was way before the days of electricity. Um, these were small little almost torches that they would be have inside their homes. And so f for very practical safety reasons, the light could not be big because obviously you don't want to burn your house down. And so this light was, was designed to give light, to dispel darkness. It had a purpose. It was not for decoration. It was for illumination. And you've not been saved by the light of God. The light of God does not exist in you for decoration, but for illumination. And so it's not hard to figure out what he's saying. If you have the light, if you have been saved, if you have received the light, shine it. Let it shine. Put it up where others can see it by your life. Jesus makes this similar statement in the book of Matthew. And he says, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. He's basically saying the same thing here. And one thing you'll notice about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is Jesus gives this same sermon material in various different situations, but his teachings were, were really him saying some of the same things over and over again. And so in this instance, he doesn't come right out and say that they may see your glorify your Father in heaven, but he says that they may see the light. So he doesn't necessarily go on to the depth of the explanation of this illustration as he does in Matthew, but we understand uh, if we can read well, uh, and even if you don't read that well, it's not hard to figure out what he's saying. The Lord desires to let our light shine. If we were to take our light of the gospel, the light that's in us, and not share it with other people, then we are not operating in the purpose for which God set us apart for. You were saved for a purpose. You were not saved to sit. You were saved to serve. And one of the ways you serve the Savior is by shining the light of the Savior. Why? So that others may see the light. It's not hard to figure this out. Let your light shine. A light is meant to shine in the darkness, not to be hidden. For to hide the light is to make the light useless, pointless, and wasted. That's not easy to do, is it? Because we live in a world that's becoming more and more, literally by the day, hostile towards biblical 
Christianity. There's a form of godliness that denies the power thereof that Paul talked about, and it's out there. This weak, watered-down, false Christianity, these unbiblical movements. But Bible-believing Christianity, people that look at the Bible and say, I believe this cover to cover and live it, that's not popular. And it really never has been. It's just more unpopular than it used to be. But it's never really been popular in the first place. If it was, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. So it's not easy to let this light shine. Sometimes we don't let the light shine because why? Because we're afraid to be different. There is a, Barclay notes that there is a natural instinctual fear in people to be different from the crowd. But listen, Christianity will always be different from the world. We will always be antithetical to the world. The world says there's 511 genders. The Bible says there's two. The world says slaughtering a child is health care. The Bible calls it murder. The world says... Uh, Give yourself physically to anybody you desire to. The Bible says sex is a gift between one man and one woman in the bonds of holy matrimony. So when you take the Bible and the world and you try to mush them together, that's never going to work. Light and darkness cannot exist in the same space at the same time. When I walked in my office this morning, it was dark. Okay, When I flipped the switch... Instantly, light. Why? Because light and darkness cannot exist in the same space at the same time. Let your light shine. Now, I'm not saying you go around and be boisterous and um, uh, hateful towards people that are, are not. That's not it at all. But do not hide your faith. Share your faith with others. Tell others about Jesus Christ. Invite them to your church. Pray for them. Treat them the way uh, that Jesus uh, treated others. Share with them the truth. Let your light shine. The Lord desires that you do so. So that's verse 16. Now, 17, Jesus begins to talk about this light of judgment. He says in verse 17, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will be not be known and come to light. Now, when I read this, we're talking about, you know, people that are saved letting their light shine, then we're talking about judgment. It's easy to think that there's no connection, but there is. It's vague, but it's there. If you consider this passage in this way, the light of his looming judgment will reveal who truly had the light to start with. In other words, his coming judgment will reveal who was really saved and who really wasn't. That's the negative side of this passage. Uh, the positive side is it will reveal who really was and who really wasn't. It depends on which side you're on. But the point is this, that we ought to live in light of his looming judgment. We ought to remember that everything we do, though it may be in secret, will one day no longer be concealed but will be revealed. Live in light of that. That's my poor attempt to be punny. But live in light of that. 
Every idle word. Jesus said this. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Every off-color joke, every curse, every lie, though now concealed, will be revealed by the light of our Lord's looming judgment. There's a reckoning coming. Payday will be someday. And the question is, when the light shines in your life, what will be discovered? All the backdoor conversations. All the behind the back. All the plotting and scheming against those of righteousness by wicked doers. It's all going to be shined a light on. We talk about politicians trying to drain the swamp. Jesus is going to blow the swamp up. It's all going to be brought to light. And we ought to live in light of that. That ought to check us before we behave sinfully or before we do something wrong. That ought to be a check to us. Whoa, wait a minute. You know, one day God's going to shine his light of judgment. I'm going to have to give an account for this. Those who are in the light should live in light of his looming judgment. So everything will be revealed. Finally, verse 18, the Lord not only desires that we let our light shine, and the Lord not only desires that we live in light of his looming judgment, but finally in verse 18, the Lord desires that we listen to his lesson. I agree with John MacArthur. I believe that this parable of revealed light is actually meant to be seen alongside the parable of the sower. Because the soils represent how people hear and respond to the gospel, right? Four different responses, only one of them being genuine. And in the passage of the parable of the sower, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then the passage of the parable of the real revealed light, Jesus says, Be careful how you hear. Don't hear like the thorny ground. Don't receive the gospel like the stony ground. Don't receive it like the way. Receive it as the good soul. Listen, obey, submit, hear it. Listen to the Lord's lesson. Where are you getting this from, Pastor? Well, I'll read verse 18 again. You must not be to listen. Listen. <laughs> Therefore, take heed how you hear. You better listen to the Lord carefully. And when the Lord says, listen to my lesson, you better listen to his lesson. Then he makes a statement. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away, taken from him. There are those in close proximity to Christ they come to church, they put on the show, but they're not living in the light. What they seem to have, even that will be taken away. And those who are genuine, genuinely saved, more of God's light, more of God's goodness, more, more, more will be given to them. What did Jesus say? You've been faithful over a few things. 
now be ruler of many. Those who genuinely have the light of God, as they grow in Christ, they will receive more and more and more and more. God will teach them more and more and more and more. But those who seem, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power. What they seem to have will be proven false, smashed, and taken away. You say, I don't think that's what that passage is talking Well, I'm just telling you, in context of the greater parable of the sower, and considering all the, th- all the times Jesus warns us of what? False professions. Matthew chapter 7, one of the scariest chapters in the Bible. Jesus makes this statement. People come to me and say, well, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't we come to church? Huh? Didn't we try to control everything? Huh? We cut the grass. At the, we, we did it. And he'll say, depart from me, ye who work iniquity. I never knew you. What they seem to have, even that, will be taken away. I believe, and I'm not the only one, uh, I've got, I'm in pretty good company. The late Dr. R.C. Sproul and the ever wonderful, in my opinion, Dr. John MacArthur both agree with me, and I agree with them. Jesus, there's a theme in this section of Luke, and that theme is over and over again repeated, and it's basically this. Everybody that thinks they're saved is not necessarily saved because nobody was ever saved by a profession of faith. You're only saved by a possession of faith. And if you read these passages carefully in context, in harmony with each other, you'll see that theme. Let me end in this way. Let your light shine. Amen. But you cannot let a light shine that you don't have. I remember... As a young man, I heard my pastor, Dr. Wayne Dickard, say this. He said, you cannot introduce people to somebody that you don't know yourself. You can't let your light shine for Jesus if you don't have the light of Jesus in the first place. That theme of false prophet, I I challenge you, just go home and study Luke chapter 8, Matthew chapter 7 these early portions of Jesus' ministry. And you'll see that theme of profession of faith, false, versus factual possession of faith. The Lord's lecture on light. Let your light shine. Amen. Live in light of his looming judgment because he's about to shine his light. How about that? Finally, listen to the Lord's lesson carefully. Carefully, critically, deeply, repeatedly, listen, listen. Over and over and over, Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Take heed how you hear. Listen. Our Lord's lecture on the light. I hope you'll join us next time. Keep studying the book of Luke. And thank you so much for listening to Equipping the Body.